Welcome to the Conquer Your Draft Podcast, where fantasy champions are made. Welcome back to the Conquer Your Draft Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Josh, and with me as always is Mike. How you doing, Mike? Well, uh, you know, I'm still here. Surviving? Yeah, I, I would say surviving. Uh, it's been a wacky uh, Christmas and holiday season for me. Um, you know, it was, it was interesting as well to have uh, a week of fantasy football playoffs that I'm not heavily involved in. This is the first time in several years that I was out before the second round. Um, usually I at least make it to the top four. So yeah, it was kind of just me just blindly watching football being like, I don't, I don't know what, what to think. <laughs> None here. of this means anything. <laughs> this is all meaningless. <laughs> so yep. yeah, it was uh, very interesting. Um, yeah. How were your holidays? Well, I was pretty confident I was going to be joining you in that uh, way of life. Uh, it was not looking good for me in the uh, the fantasy football semifinals. But uh, you know that that saying, like like this much luck, this much skill, like and it equals like a hundred percent. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So yes, for, I do. For, for me, it was about ninety five percent luck and five percent skill. Uh, yes, yeah. <laughs> I would say so. I would say so because I will say one thing. If it wasn't for some mediocre performances on Monday from some players who have been for the past couple of weeks relatively like stable, Debo Samuel um, being one of them, uh, Rice being another one, you, you would have lost. Like you were oh, on I a was, path to losing. I was pretty much at the point like I like just short of messaging them like to concede because I was like, okay. <laughs> I have an 18 point lead and he has Samuel and Rice to play. Either one of them could get 18 on their own. So like I'm I'm done. And so the first game finishes and Rice only gets 8 points. Like okay, I have a 10 point lead. Yeah, and maybe maybe it's maybe. an Ayuk game instead of Samuel, you know? Yeah, and, and that's the thing like if you were to ask on any given week forgetting the standings and you and I were just chatting Oh, Debo Samuel getting, you know, over under 11 points. We would both pretty be pretty confident being like, oh, probably, probably over 11. Like, he, oh, yeah. that's what he does. Like, that's not, that's not a mountain to climb for him, right? Like nope. one touchdown, 50 some odd yards. That's not something that we would look at him and be like, yeah, that's impossible. Like, of course he could do it. Oh, yeah. Well, like going into it, I had, well, with 18 point lead, so... Nine points between either of them, over under on them. I would have hit the over on both of them easily. One hundred percent. Yeah, e- they they each just needed to have a standardish game, and yeah, not even, even a great game, just a normal no, game. Even even though Rice, like you're saying, even though Rice only had a, a handful of points, it's like okay, well, eleven point lead. Debo Samuel's coming up. There's a really good chance he's going to score over eleven. Like that's, but but again, that luck came through for you, and I just couldn't believe it. Because I, I, I see this happen to you all the time. If it was me, D, like if it was me, Debo Samuel would have had thirty-five points. Yeah, he would have dropped forty on you, no problem. Yeah. like by easy, by the easy. first <laughs> end of the first half, forty points. Easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's done. It's done by the by halftime. Yeah, I uh, was like having heart palpitations because I wasn't watching the game because I didn't want to jinx myself. So I was just refreshing 
the fantasy football app like every 60 seconds or so. And they kept being in the red zone for like five minutes. And I was like, oh, my God, he's going to score. <laughs> They're going to like because at that point he had he had six points. So. A touchdown would have put him over by by a couple of points, and then I would have needed him to like fumble, and I, or else I was done. I was like, he's going to get a touchdown, and I am screwed, and just never happened. It was the most yeah. nerve wracking. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's the thing, like it, it, you know, it, it's why you play the games. It's why at the end of the day, I think I look at your opponent's roster, and the only decision they could have done differently was play Derek Carr at quarterback over Nick Mullins. But I do believe both you and I thought that Nick Mullins play was the better way to go anyway. Like, I think, Uh, I don't think we thought Carr was going to have a good week. That was going to be a rough game for him. So that was the only difference he could have made in his entire lineup. So otherwise, his lineup was set pretty much the way we thought it was going to be. It did everything right, had good players, acquired and and still lose. So it's why you play the games. That the fact that Derek Carr was able to get like thirty points <laughs> was pretty yeah. much unpredictable. I, I don't think we were predicting. I don't know many people were predicting that. I don't think people like that matchup for Carr. No, and now the only thing I will say is if he had played Carr, that would have changed my Olave sit uh, because I would have hoped for a touchdown to Alave so I could kind of right the six points he gets I get too you know what I mean uh so I don't think that would have changed anything in the long run that, that would have helped me it made my job my my final game a lot less uh stressful to get to but right um I he sat him so I didn't feel the need to force Olave into my lineup turns out that was the wrong decision because he would have been my I think my second highest scoring player on the week outside of the quarterback, but oh well. I uh, but I again like that matchup. That matchup didn't look great, so no. I think. And he was coming off I, an injury, like it. Yeah, yeah. It was, yeah. That's one thing that I've learned that I don't do this year. I never worry about decisions I made, even if they were wrong, if it wasn't uh, even a discussion. Like there were many times when a certain player would overperform where it's like, well, I wasn't going to start them over Saquon Barkley or yeah, that's right. Allen or whoever. Like I was, there was no world where I was starting them in this matchup. So I don't beat myself up about that. When it's close, I do. When I'm like, oh, these two players, I don't know which one. And I picked the wrong one. Then I'm like, okay, I made the wrong decision. I've got to rethink things. But I do not like, I if I was him, I wouldn't be beating myself up around the Derek Carr thing because at the end of the day, you probably nine times out of 10, anyone is making those just that decision. There's just one nut who would have yeah. made a different decision. And it looked, I mean, it looked like a terrible decision at one point. Cause he had like, I think negative 0.6 points at one point. It was something he, like that. Yeah. Just cause of turnovers. And it's like, Oh man, like, cause I was projected to lose from the outset. So I was like, all right, like that's what I needed. That was the, the kickstart I needed to get me going. And then he threw, I think like, five out of six passes in the one drive to Justin Jefferson, who I was also <laughs> playing against. Yeah. One yeah, of the most the double whammy. So yeah, I was like, hitting, are hitting, you hitting. kidding me? Yeah. You texted me when there was a touchdown to Jefferson and you're like, that just cost me like 15 points or something. Like you tell me yeah. what it was like, wow, like that's impactful. Like that goes to show you when you have a, a quarterback receiver combo that really works, 
it can hurt. Like I having Brock Purdy and Ayuk for a couple of weeks near the end of the season before the playoffs, we're re- we're doing that for me. Where it's yep. just like, wow, like they're just they're doubling my points because they're getting down there, they're scoring touchdowns. It's if you can have that combo, that's pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. I have the the CD Dak stack. I'm hoping uh, in what should be a shootout with the Lions. I'm hoping that can can have that same effect. Yeah, that but. game should be a pretty good offensive game for for both teams. I mean, normally the Cowboys defense pretty good, but I think they've been they've, they've been certainly down been a struggling. Bit. They've been yeah. down. Yeah. Yep. I'm I actually I had them. I had them in another league that I'm in, and I kept them all the way up to the fantasy playoffs, and then I got rid of them because of the matchups that they had, and I have not regretted it at all. No, like I think... I would have felt forced to start them because of who who they are. And and it would have hurt you because I think... Absolutely. At the end of the day, Dallas is facing some real struggles, like outside of fantasy, just as a football team, where they do hit those highs and lows. Um, and I think in a game against Detroit, you just have to hope your offense doesn't fall apart on you. And that's the thing about Dak Prescott that always worries me. Will he finally get into a game where he just, he just implodes because he's not, I, I still don't think he has championship pedigree. We'll see how the rest of the season turns out for him. But this is one of those games where Dallas and Detroit, to me, they're very, very similar where their defenses have had real great high moments, but have had so many lows, especially recently, that you have to assume this is going to be an absolute shootout. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it will be extremely ironic if Dak has that collapse this week because this week, yeah. <laughs> because the the person I'm playing in the finals is who I made the Hertz Dak trade with at the trade deadline. So, yeah, yeah, and Hertz has got Arizona this week, so that's not yeah. exactly. Uh, that's not exactly. Yeah. So yeah, if Hertz like completely destroys Dak, that might be problematic. Like by Saturday night, seeing how Dak and Ceedee Lamb do, if they get shut down by the Lions, you'll be sweating come Sunday. I will be in trouble. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Well. That is our our home league recap. Uh, let's dive into some news. So we had quite a few change ups, I guess would be the best word to say, <laughs> for the uh, quarterback position that came out this week. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so the Steelers are going to stick with Mason Rudolph. They they liked what he did in uh, week sixteen. Uh, the commanders are switching to Jacoby Brissett. I, I don't know why they haven't done that to begin with. The offense has just looked better with him when he's been on the field. So I don't, I don't know why it took them this long to decide that. Um, and the giants are switching to Tyrod Taylor for week 17. That now Tyrod we'll was hurt, wasn't he? Like wasn't he was, Tyrod Taylor yeah. hurt for a little bit? Yeah. Okay. He was on the injured reserve for, I think five weeks. Yeah. Something like that. Okay. Yeah. So, I guess the, the the DeVito experience there is over. Uh, his agent couldn't sell him enough. I don't. I don't know. They're <laughs> they're moving on to they're moving on to Tyrod Taylor. So we'll see. I'm starting the Rams defense against the Giants. I'm hoping they still suck even with Tyrod Taylor, uh, so I can get some good points out of them. Yeah, I mean, you never know with the Giants. Um, they can surprise you and score. Uh, certainly. As being a you know Saquon Barkley manager, I've I've seen him 
score in situations where I didn't think it was possible. Even that week I sat him, where it was uh, DeVito's first week, and he had like 21 points or something. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's it, they, they, they were able to compete with Philadelphia. They were able to stick with them. Um, yep. Can they do the same with the Rams? I don't know. Um, the Rams are playing well. They seem to have turned things around for them. Um, it's going to be an interesting week there. I'm I'm sure with Tyrod Taylor, their offense will be at least a little more, like, for lack of a better word, NFL constructed. Like, I think it'll look a little bit more polished because he's more of a seasoned quarterback and has had some success in the past. So we'll see what happens. But, you know, final, final two weeks of the NFL season, teams are just... I think they're just trying to get everybody some playing time, right? End of the season. The Giants are playing for absolutely nothing here. So. No, that's right. Yeah. Whereas the Rams are playing for a playoff spot. So. Oh, yeah. They're going to come out swinging. Yeah. I'm very interested in the the uh, Saints-Buccaneers game as well. Because both of those teams are in the playoff hunt as well. Yeah, the Saints are... They're so hard to know what they are. Right? <laughs> like, I, like, I think... Like, I know that, like, Baker Mayfield has surprised us, but if you look around at the Bucks, like, they've got some great offensive weapons, and they're kind of playing more or less the way they did before. It's just Baker Mayfield's in there instead of uh, Tom Brady. But New Orleans, I, I don't really know what to think of them. <laughs> like, some weeks they're an unstoppable running force, and then other weeks they just want to throw the football so much that you end up getting... Derek Carr with 30 plus fantasy points. So I, I don't know yeah. what to think about the Saints. No, me either. They're they're kind of all over the place, but I'm I'm willing to expect that they're gonna throw a lot against the Buccaneers. Um just because I think this is gonna be a divisional shootout, and I think they're gonna need to keep trying to put points on the board and they're not gonna have time to run. But uh we'll see. Yeah, it's gonna be a good battle. There's there's a couple Really interesting matchups this week that are big in playoff contention. And that's where you get, I think, some big, big fantasy numbers. Um, unfortunately, there's also some stinker games. But I'm really interested to see how Kansas City bounces back against Cincinnati. What does Denver look like, considering everything going on there, against the Chargers? Minnesota Green Bay, which is going to be a really like good game where they're they're battling it out. They're still jockeying for position. So, yeah, there's going to be some really really good matchups. This is why I like having your fantasy football Super Bowl a week before the end of the season. Not a lot of people are planning to rest superstars. Lots of teams are still in the playoff hunt. It's generally going to be a week where next week you'll see a lot of people sat, rested, that type of thing. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Well, speaking of the Broncos, so the Denver Broncos are benching Russell Wilson for the remainder of the season, and they're expected to cut him in March. So not only are they done with them this season, they're, they're expected to be done with them for good. That relationship uh, did not work out well. No, definitely did not work out well considering <laughs> what they paid for it. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, after last year's debacle, I don't know why they thought they could turn things around. I guess they really did think it was a coaching thing. Um, I just don't think that offense has enough going for it. Wilson's kind of near the end or latter half of his career. He's not really what he used to be. And I think the expectation was he was going to be what he used to be. So I think at the end of the day, it just didn't work out because the expectations were a little too high there. 
But boy, did it explode in their faces when they thought, especially if now he's not playing. So they're not playing him for the final two weeks. It's not happening. They're going to cut him in March. So are they basically just throwing their season away? Like they have, they're saying, we're not even trying to look like we're competing right now. We're just going to quietly (laughs) run away into the distance. We're just going to let the season go. Yeah. And they're technically still in the playoff hunt. They're still mathematically. In the they're right there. Yeah, they're yeah. right there. It's only like they only have a seven percent chance right now of making the playoffs. Uh, and if they lose, it drops down to less than one. But mm-hmm. they have a chance. Well, the Chargers, who they play this week, are not great. So, like, assuming you had Russell Wilson in there, Denver would probably could probably beat the Chargers this week. Now I don't know, but they probably could. And then that leaves their final game against the Raiders. Which again, like that's up and down. They're like the Raiders can play really well. Sometimes they cannot. Like that's at least I would say a close matchup. So if you're the Broncos, like that, I, I don't understand quite this decision. It's obviously financial, financially driven. But it is. Yeah. I, yeah. I think they're just looking at it, being like, well, we got to make this decision for the long term health of the franchise because they're basically throwing the rest of their season away. Where if they do, there's a chance that they could win both their final games. Like it is possible. It's not like they're playing. The Cowboys and and the 49ers. Like they're playing two teams that are that they should Chargers they should beat. Raiders probably have, you know, a 50-50, but that's still a pretty good chance. Yeah. I I'm I'm guessing, yeah, they're just calling it on this season, looking at the financial long term, like what's gonna help the franchise best. Yeah. Uh, but We'll see. I don't know. I, hey, maybe their offense will be better with a backup quarterback. Who knows? It might be. <laughs> maybe that's the issue. I got to say, for for me, someone who's out of the fantasy, really, I'm just out of all all, all fantasy right now. Um, I, I got to say, I'm killing it this episode. Like, I'm just, <laughs> I'm on fire with all my takes. I'm doing great. Like, I, I know there was a lot of expectation this year. Like, I, I would hear people talk and and the idea was that, you know, Oh, you know, I'm one of the one of the best teams that's ever existed. And, and like that's, you know, that's fine. People can say what they want to say. I don't let that stuff get to my head. But I think that I'm sh- clearly showing that I can crush it uh on on this podcast even though I'm out. So yeah, I'm just giving myself a little bit of props there. Who are you? DeVito's agent? <laughs> no, I mean, hey, listen. You got to strike while the iron's hot. Uh and uh I'm I'm someone who has continuously exceeded very high expectations so yeah i'm looking hey i'm looking forward to it i'm pumping myself up for next year i'm really looking forward to being in a position where uh where i can crush it next year all right uh one last qb piece of news uh so jaron hall will be starting at quarterback for the minnesota vikings in week 17 so uh the 20-something points Nick Mullins put up against me was not enough for the Vikings. They they want to see what they got in their, I think, rookie. I think Hall's a rookie. Yeah, that's such an interesting decision that they're going to do that. Yeah, rookie quarterback, yep. So I, I think it's the same thing as like what's going on with, uh, with Russell Wilson there. I think they just want to see, okay, what do we have for next year? We probably don't have Kirk coming back. Uh, I don't think that works for them financially. So I'd say Kirk's probably going to be looking at going somewhere else. Do we need to focus on drafting a quarterback or do we have one? What are, what are we working with? Yeah. And I get it. I understand that. I just, if I was a 
Minnesota Vikings fan, the fact is, you know, they, they have a really, um, I would say they have a really big, good NFL football fan base. I, I would be questioning that a little bit only because they're still in the hunt for a playoff spot. Yeah. Like I know, I know other teams start to lock it up, but they're a game, one win behind the Rams and the Seahawks. And yeah, I think the Rams look good. I think they're going to make the playoffs, but I think the Seattle Seahawks for their up and down nature, the Vikings are right there. The Packers are right there. The Saints are right there. Uh, I'm not even going to bring up the Atlanta Falcons. I know they could still win the division, but I don't think, (laughs) but again, there's so there, there's a chance you have a good chance. And by going to the rookie other than Nick Mullins, who yes, has been up and down, but has performed all right, has certainly, you know, gotten some points on the board, made it look good for a little bit. I, I think they're they're taking a big risk. And maybe it'll work out. New quarterback bump, rookie quarterback doing well, maybe it'll help. But this is a game they have to win here. They've got to beat the Packers this week. Because that's oh, their absolutely. if they lose to the Packers, I think they're they may not be mathematically done, but they're pretty much done. So you got to beat the Pack, and for the Packers, they're coming in thinking it's must win too. Yep. So, I, with without Nick Mullins in there, with an unknown quantity, I start to lean towards the Packers because Jordan Love's looked really good. He like he's looked pretty good these past couple of weeks. So, yeah, I I, I lean Packers as well. With uh, Hawkinson going down, we got a new quarterback coming in. There's. And we'll just dive right into that piece of news as well. Uh, so Vikings tight end TJ Hawkinson suffered a torn ACL and MCL in week 16. So his season's done and probably a, a chunk of next year as well because of how late we are in this season. Because that's kind of a, that's a double whammy to heal from. So I would say that's that's going to have long term. Uh, that's going to have a long term impact on him going into next yeah. season's uh, fantasy football draft and into the next year's regular season. So. That'll that'll definitely be something that gets talked about a fair amount leading up to draft season next year. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, Jalen Waddle has an ankle injury. It was originally diagnosed as a high ankle sprain. I don't know if that's still what it's classified as, but uh, he could potentially miss the rest of the regular season. Uh, I haven't seen anything to hint at him missing anything more than that, but. Uh, that covers the rest of the fantasy football season anyways, and that's all people listening to this probably care about. So we'll just leave it at that. Yep. Uh, the Patriots are placing running back Ramondre Stevenson on IR. I don't know why they didn't do that back when he first injured him. I, I, I don't know why you, you would wait till there's two weeks left in the year to do it when you could have done <laughs> it back then, but whatever. Uh, CJ Stroud has cleared the concussion, uh, concussion protocol and will return for week 17. And Michael Pittman is currently progressing through it, but is yet to clear it yet. So I would say it's likely he's back for week 17, but not a guarantee at this point, but CJ Stroud, it appears is good to go to play. Okay. That's a good bump for Houston. And I was assuming that was some of my picks this week. So (laughs) I was assuming he was playing. (laughs) Well, I, uh, I, I don't know if I'm going to stick with it or not. I currently have the Texans kicker uh, in my lineup, and that was entirely based on if CJ Stroud was going to be out there or not. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I've uh, been hoarding all the kickers just so I don't get sunk by a, a kicker. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if uh, you got the room on on the lineup, I mean that's I uh, do, and and that's that's, that's going to be something I, I want to kind of talk about during the off season, uh, what my playoff strategy was this, 
this year. It's kind of well, so far so so good. We'll see. Um, but I, I do want to talk about because it's the first time I've done it, and uh, we'll, we'll talk about it in the off season. Um, but it involves defenses and kickers and and your bench. And we can talk about my playoff strategy as well. Yes, absolutely. Which was, uh, I'll tell you what it was right now. Have a great team, finish first place, get your butt kicked in the first round of playoffs. Perfect. Yep. And that's why first round buys exist. I, I does it wouldn't have mattered. No, it, now me, looking back, yeah, it wouldn't have mattered because you would have played the team I just played, and they would have beat you. Yeah, and like it, it wouldn't have mattered. <laughs> like, yeah. but that's the thing about buys. I don't think I like they're not. If the players were actually resting, then that's different. No chance your player could get injured. That type of thing. By weeks, that's why they exist in the regular season. Give yourself a rest, kind of get back to it, but. The games still go on and wouldn't would made this year zero difference. My team had an only still a okay week <laughs> and I won, but it was like eh. <laughs> like the team yeah. just kind of half showed up as usual. Yeah, Brock Purdy didn't show up at all. So no, and that's that's just uh, you know that was disappointing considering how great of a year he was having. That was a very disappointing kind of near the end end to him. Uh, I think I'm battling for fifth place this week. Look at you. Look yeah, at I you. could care less. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, could, I could care less. I don't care if I am fifth place or if I'm sixth place. <laughs> it really doesn't matter. No, not at all. Uh, well, speaking of disappointing, you wanted to talk about, uh, about the Chiefs. I did, yeah. I mean, I... Obviously, a lot of the conversation around football is what what's going on with the Kansas City Chiefs this week. I just think it's now sort of worth talking about because we've talked about it all year. Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, maybe sometimes Isaiah Pacheco are kind of the fantasy-worthy players, and then it's sort of a mishmash of players up and down. But on a non-fantasy standpoint, this team has just been dreadful they've just looked awful their offense is all over the place even Mahomes I don't think looks quite like he was and it's just I think it's starting to worth talking about of of what's going to happen with this team and how they're going to work it moving forward I I really do think they're starting to feel the heat a little bit of not having that go-to wide receiver that you can count on Rice has been pretty good as I mentioned Isaiah Pacheco's been you know, up and down, but for the most part, stable as a running back. So they should be able to get a running back going game going. But like, aside from Rice, I don't know if there's another receiver that has had any impact fantasy wise on a consistent basis for the Chiefs. And I think that tells you something right there. And I would just be curious to see what your thoughts are coming from both a football and fantasy standpoint of what do you think is going on with the Chiefs? And if there's kind of a solution uh, that they can, like, is there something they can do in the offseason to address this issue? Because I think they've looked awful, just terrible. Well, I think I think part of it is coupled with some bad luck in the running game because uh, Isaiah Pacheco has been dealing with injuries for the past couple of weeks. Jarek McKinnon on IR, uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, there's a reason he became the third string. Uh, so that kind of hurts when you 
don't have the running game like we've seen with Buffalo when you don't have the the running game to kind of balance it out that that hurts you and especially when you also don't have a receiving threat like well you have Travis Kelsey but everyone knows you have Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes so those are the two guys they're watching on every play yeah and if you don't have anyone else at any other position who can make plays and make them divert their attention away well it becomes a lot easier to isolate those players right You've got someone always spying Travis Kelsey or Patrick Mahomes on pretty much every play because you know one of those two is going to be making the play, whether it's Mahomes scrambling or throwing it to Kelsey. And then you just got to make sure you don't get beat over the top by somebody running deep, which is what Rice was good at. He was good at running those middle to deep routes. Travis Kelsey would hang out underneath and it was working for them. But if Mahomes and Rice aren't on the same page, then it all falls apart because He's trying to feed the ball to Kelsey. Kelsey, I don't know if you saw, like he kind of let his emotions get the best of him in this past week. Mahomes was letting the emotion get the best of him. They're clearly getting frustrated because they're not used to it. This little bit of adversity, like they're used to always winning. So at this point for this season, I think it's just a mental game. They just need to kind of give themselves a bit of a reality check. Like, hey, we need to buckle down. It's not always easy. We have to put the work in still. Uh, and then in the offseason, I think they need to get a, an elite wide receiver because they are yeah they went from an, an, an unstoppable offense with Kelsey and Hill and Mahomes to still a great offense, but they're not unstoppable anymore. Yeah, because I, I would agree with you. Like I think Pacheco and Kelsey and Mahomes and even Rice are solid, solid players. But to me, Rice is a good second receiver option. Like he's a good... Number two, receiver. I'm, I'm not like he would be three because you have Kelsey in there. But if you've got, you know, two, you know, your one, two, three receiver, your tight end, maybe they want to go with two running backs and use Claude Edwards Hilaire here and there. But yeah, I agree. Like they need a receiver because the offsides, ridiculous. The drops this year, absolutely atrocious. Some, some of the drops that have happened from, from the receiving core. Um, and yeah, Mahomes looking kind of unhinged. Um, I would say an elite wide receiver for sure. And I would even say clean house on the rest of them. Keep Rice in your receiver. Get rid of Tony, 100%. Get rid of Tony. I would get rid of the rest of them. Anyone else who's not named Rice, I would say we're just going to start over again for for even just better mojo in the room. Let's draft a couple rookies. Let's bring in a, like, let's spend some money on free agency and bring in an established receiver. And there you go. Like, let's just see what we can do with a new receiving room because they've just been. They, they've looked awful, completely awful. They've looked out of sorts as well. And yeah, I, I do think with the, it being a mental game, you probably have to just clean house anyway. Yeah, no, exactly. And I mean, Travis Kelsey is 34. He's going to be 35 next season. I don't know how much yeah. longer he's going to play. Yeah, I would imagine two or three years. I think if he stays with Taylor Swift... He'll play two or three years and then retire. If the relationship does not last, he'll play till he's like forty. That's what's gonna Tom Brady it. All right. Yeah, that's what I think. Well, you got nothing else to live for. You might as well play football. <laughs> All right. Well, that is it for our news from uh, week sixteen. So I just want to remind everyone. Um, you can join our Patreon community at conqueredraft.com. You can go to our Patreon link there, or you can go to patreon.com slash conqueredraft. Uh, get priority 
questions, you get additional start sit options, you get Thursday night start sit options, waiver wire trade targets, and a draft analyzer. Uh, you can reach out to us if you do have any fan questions. You can get us on social media, Facebook, X, Instagram, Threads, or you can go to conqueredraft.com. We have a podcast uh, page on there. You can fill out a form if you're not into the social media stuff. We'd love to hear from you, especially during the offseason. You know, it's a good way to generate some debates on uh, on players that you're thinking of targeting in your draft. We love to, uh, Mike and I love to argue about what we think uh, about certain players. So feel free to write in anything like that. And we'll dive into our conquerors and busts for week 16. And we'll start with quarterbacks. So like we talked about, Derek Carr, 30. Just shy of 31 points out of nowhere against the Rams. Uh, Joe Flacco, only .1 point behind him, had a great game. Probably won some people their matchups between him and Amari Cooper. I know uh, I had to start him in one league because of CJ Stroud uh, missing another week, and I was very happy with that choice. Uh, Amari Cooper had, I think, he had 46 points, so he's going to be on this list as well. Um. But he's not playing tonight. We're recording this uh, before Thursday Night Football, and he's out for this week. So, Is he? Yeah. Yeah, a heel injury, I believe. Oh. Uh, I think towards the end of the game, he came up a little hobbled, and uh, the alert came out while we were recording. Uh, he's he's not going to be playing tonight. So I wish I hadn't dropped the Jets defense now with that knowledge, but oh well. Jordan Love had uh, just shy of 28 points. Russell Wilson, 27 and a half. He, he finished on a high note, at least. You know, he finished as a conqueror. Yeah, uh, that will definitely be the last time we talk about him in a Denver Broncos uniform. Um, yeah, pretty confident, yep. I, I think there will be a market for him in, in the offseason. I don't know how deep of a list that will be. I don't know if it's going to be uh, more than a handful of teams, but there will be, you know, we'll see him next year. He will be in the league next year. See how he I goes. Just, I'm, I would have to do a little bit of digging to kind of see what is the, like the financial side of it. If he gets picked up by another team, you know, like, do they have to foot any of the bill? Like, do the Broncos just take a dead cap hit? Like what? Not if he's released. So, I mean, the Broncos situation is, I think, more complicated. But if he is straight up released from his contract, a team will sign him as a free agent. Yeah, a team will sign him as a free agent. And then the Broncos just take the hit on their own end. They'll have to, yeah. Now, there's certain, like, I think the reason why they're, like, there's a date they have to hit. And they'll they'll do it by a certain date to not owe him a certain amount of money. But that's cash. The, The hit on the cap is still there. They're going to be taking a cap hit for the next couple of years. Yeah, not not great. Not great for them. No, and so another team will start from the beginning. And this is where you can get quarterbacks on a bit of a discount, maybe for a one-year deal so they can prove themselves um, because they've got a lot of money coming their way to get paid out from the contract. Like whatever they were paid out, um, whatever was guaranteed, they get, all, they get all this money from that. So sometimes you can get a discounted deal if a quarterback wants to prove themselves. Someone like Baker Mayfield comes in, plays really well. We'll get a you know a better contract next year. Maybe that'll happen for Russell Wilson. I just think, considering like Cousins will probably be people's number one choice first. Probably trading for Justin Fields will be second. I think Russell Wilson's probably third or fourth or fifth on teams' lists. 
just depending upon who they are. There's some really interesting young quarterbacks that are going to get drafted. So I think that Wilson might be a lot of teams' fourth or fifth option. But again, there will be more, there will be at least five teams looking for a quarterback next year. So he'll land somewhere. I just don't. Yeah, I don't know if it's a really big, big list. No, but you know what? With how many quarterbacks have been injured this year, like who knows? Oh, you never know. Yeah, yeah. If you have a young quarterback, Russell Wilson, being in your room to compete with them, it's not a bad thing. Yeah, yeah. This year's just been crazy for quarterback injuries. Like, yeah, it's been the worst from my memory, at least recently. Oh yeah, mine too. Absolutely. Uh, some busts at quarterback. So we had Sam Howell with negative 1.7 points, followed up by Case Keenum with negative 1.5 fantasy points. Aiden O'Connell, two fantasy points. Brock Purdy, 2.4 fantasy points. And Tommy DeVito at 2.7. So one of those names is not like the others. Uh, well, I mean, probably Brock cost Purdy. you a championship. <laughs> Yeah, like Brock Purdy is the one that I feel like a lot of people would have had. I mean, I'm sure some people might have had to start someone like Aiden O'Connell, who had like a decent week week before. Um, maybe maybe he was a, a mutt, like had to start. But chances are it's Brock Purdy who's hurting you this week at the quarterback position. Yeah, if you're in the semifinals and your quarterback puts up 2.4 points, like you're you're in trouble. Yeah. You you better have had like Brees Hall, McCaffrey, and Cooper to make up for it because otherwise you were in trouble. Oh, definitely. Uh, speaking of Brees Hall, so running backs, he uh, he was the top running back on the week, and it wasn't even close. He had thirty seven point one fantasy points. I uh, there <laughs> when it wasn't looking so good for my fantasy team, I was really regretting trading him away. <laughs> because i would have been yeah because i would have been forced to play him um i wouldn't have had a better option and uh, i would have been sitting way more comfortable but uh the odds of that happening just like that i don't see him doing that tonight against the browns i think this is gonna be a pretty low scoring game the browns they're just too tight on defense right now and their whole really their whole playoff chance resides so much on that defense and i think that uh yeah i think it's gonna be a low scoring game um and definitely i think that defense is just too good yeah yeah uh, christian mccaffrey continued to just punch fantasy managers right in the mouth 22 fantasy points for him jameer gibbs 22 fantasy points as well derrick henry showed some signs of life still just shy of 21 fantasy points and james connor just shy of 20 in a very tough matchup he 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 did good. Yeah, he did. Just uh, doesn't mean anything for you, unfortunately. Well, he's been riding my bench um, pretty much the past couple of weeks, and he's had at least two good weeks in a row where he was he was sitting on my bench. Um, but I just, I don't know. I, uh, I didn't anticipate this upward swing. He's had a couple of weeks in a row where he's been really, really good. Um but yeah, I just I don't think I was playing him over White or Barkley or a healthy Isaiah Pacheco. Uh, I know he's been up and down with injuries, so if he's healthy, I wasn't playing Connor over over two of those. I wanted a, I wanted to go with the three receivers, two running back. Um, so if I'm choosing two between those four, unfortunately Connor was generally not getting picked um but he's been overperforming in some really tough matchups so 
Yeah, good on right. him. Yeah, I'd say he's probably on a lot of people's benches, though. So, uh, so I would imagine uh, you have better options. I think he's more of a flex yeah. player, personally, but. Yeah, unless unless you you had a couple of injuries, then maybe he did force his way into your starting lineup. But I would say people probably just aren't trusting him because of the Cardinals. Yeah, the Cardinals like, I think, are too I think, unpredictable at this point. Yeah, I think if they were having a better year, he would be locked into people's lineups because of his workload. But you never know which version of the Cardinals are coming out, and you know even when they're even when they're doing well, they're still losing. So it's not a good game script for for James Conner. So. Yeah, I think this just a he's just a casualty of a bad season for them, unfortunately. Definitely. Some busts at the running back position. We had Miles Sanders at one point three points, Travis Etienne four point six, Tony Pollard four point eight, James Cook five, Alvin Kamara at six. Some big names for fantasy. Those guys were definitely in your starting lineups. Yeah. Uh Travis Etienne, he hasn't scored. What? I don't. I think it's been a couple of weeks since he's had a double touchdown game. I don't know if you were more familiar with him because you had him towards the end of the season there, but he's. Uh, it's been a while. He was having a relatively good run around when I traded him, but I know like the playoff weeks have been bad. Like I, he, I don't think he has had a double touchdown season in a game in a while. But leading up to the playoffs, he was still getting like 15 points the last couple weeks of the season. But the two playoff weeks, he's done absolutely nothing. Like absolutely nothing. Even his run totals, I think, are down. Like the games that he had good fantasy totals were because he scored a touchdown, caught a couple passes. But his run, I don't think he's had over 50 yards rushing for like five weeks or something like that. He's been really like not a big part of the offense. And that team's been on like a, what a four game losing streak, I think. So yeah, they haven't yeah. been doing well. No. Yeah. No. It's been since week 14 that he scored a touchdown week 12, since he's crossed 50 yards rushing and week seven, since he's had a multi touchdown game. I mean, I imagine he'll, they'll come a life alive finally against the Panthers this week. Uh, but with that being said, the Panthers, are one of those teams that for some reason kind of make it work every once in a while and have a closer game than they should. But I, I would hedge my bets that they're going to bounce back this week. They certainly need the win. Jacksonville needs the win. They're playing this the right time for them to play the Panthers. They've got to just destroy them. Absolutely. Uh, wide receiver, we already talked about Amari Cooper, 46 fantasy points. Uh, absolutely won you your week if you started him, if you had the courage to do so with how the Browns offense has been. I don't think I would have started him. <laughs> I I don't know if I would have. I, I had him in a league and I cut him like five weeks ago just because of how bad the Browns were. Um, obviously... If I could have known that with Joe Flacco, he was going to hit the ground running like that, I would have kept him. But now he's out for week 17 anyway, so oh well. Uh, George Pickens at 33.5 fantasy points. Puka Nakua, 28.5. DJ Chark, out of nowhere, just shy of 25 fantasy points. That's a name we haven't talked about much this year. No, no, but uh, he was part of that Carolina Panthers uh, experience against the Packers, so... And he took over, I yeah. guess, for Adam Thielen. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And Mike Evans, 24 fantasy points. 
some big names in the bust category again. Jordan Addison, now that's not entirely his fault. He left very early with an injury. He had less than a point before he left. Devontae Adams had less than a point. He played the entire game. Mm-hmm. They did not complete a pass after the first quarter. They won that game because of big mistakes by the Chiefs and their yeah. defense capitalizing. Their defense had two touchdowns. I mean, yeah. their, their offense did it all for them. Yeah, the, their offense did nothing. Yeah, completely. Absolutely probably lost you a week if you had Devontae Adams in your starting lineup and what you thought was probably going to be a high-scoring game for him. Yeah. Uh, Rashad Bateman, Odell Beckham Jr., both under two and a half fantasy points. Deontay Johnson at two and a half fantasy points. Unfortunately for him, the points went to Pickens this week. Uh, that's just how it is when you have two decent receivers. You don't have an elite one. They go back and forth, and you're just play- guessing who's going to score each week. A tight end conquerors. We had George Kittle, 16 points. Chigozim Okonkwo, 15 points, thanks to a Derrick Henry touchdown pass. Yeah. You, you don't often see those uh, running back to, to receiver or tight end touchdowns, but uh, we've seen a couple in the past couple of weeks where they've yeah. done some trickery. So, yeah, that was pretty good, pretty good play. And I think it'll always work with Derrick Henry because as soon as they see him running with the ball, everyone just commits to, we need to stop yeah. him because he's huge. <laughs> yes, and yeah, then, and I mean, as you should. <laughs> yeah, and then he's just jumping and throwing the ball, and you're like, oh, we're in trouble. And it's a touchdown. Yeah. Uh, David Njoku, Juwan Johnson, and Cole Kmet all had good weeks. Uh, Pat Frymuth gave you exactly zero points if he was in your starting lineup. Kate Otten, 1.2, same as Dalton Kincaid. Sam Laporta with a down week, only just below three and a half fantasy points. Uh, that was another decision uh, I thought I regretted, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm never going to not play him, so what was I going to do, you know? like Yeah, well, that's that's the thing. You're, you're Of course you're going to play him. Like yeah. that's that's one of those decisions I was talking about earlier, where it's like there's no point in beating yourself up about that, and that's something that I think all fantasy managers should try to adopt. It's like you were going to play that player, like you, you were going to do it. Of course, the matchup said you should. <laughs> the yeah. way he's been playing this year said he's the tight end one. He's, like you're not going to well, bench yeah. him. Yeah, there's there's a handful of players in every position where, and we talked about that at the beginning of of this season. We'll do it again in the off season. Here are the players you probably should just play every week. Like, who, like it doesn't matter what the matchup is. He's one of them. Yep, absolutely. And that is it for our conquerors and busts. So let's dive into our starts and sits for championship week. Mike, why don't you kick us off? My quarterback start of the week, Matthew Stafford. Um, they obviously the Rams have been doing really well. I think this is a great matchup against the Giants. I know the Giants' offense has surprised people every couple of weeks to keep games close, but that's fine. That suits Matthew Stafford. If it's a close, high-scoring game, the Giants' defense is still absolutely terrible. I think Stafford will throw a lot to both Nakua, Cup, that type of thing. If you need your, you know, you need to put a quarterback in for your fantasy Super Bowl, I think you're safe starting Matthew Stafford this week. Hopefully he throws some Cooper Cup touchdowns my way because he did not last week. No, I mean, it's it's hard. with He's got a lot of options, especially yeah. with someone like Williams, like Red Zone. What are they doing? They're probably giving it to Williams. But still, Williams can catch balls out of the backfield. I think Stafford, two touchdowns, 250 yards, 20-plus points. I think it's very possible for this week. Let's hope so. Uh, my start of the week is going to be C.J. Stroud, fresh off the concussion. 
like we talked about early in the year, that's one of those injuries that uh, it, it doesn't really impact you once you come back. You know, once you're healthy enough to play, you're you're good to go. And uh, the Titans lost to the Texans with Case Keenum in at quarterback instead of Stroud, so I think they should have no problem uh, beating them this week. I think Derrick Henry might give the Titans enough of an edge to keep the game kind of close, and the Texans have to keep passing. But I think C.J. Stroud is a fine start for uh, for your championship week. I think this will be a better week for that entire offense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my sit for this week at quarterback, um, Jacoby Brissett. Brissett. Brissett? Brissett. Brissett. Yep. Brissett. See, can't even say his name. That can't tells you one thing. That tells you one thing. I don't like this matchup at all for them. Like, I, I understand the kind of instinct of new quarterback bump. We've seen that. I just think this is a terrible matchup at the end of the day. Um, they're going up against a defense that is really, really tough to score against. I think, the yes, the 49ers do give up some yardage here and there. They do sort of that bend, don't break mentality. You might get a lot out of the kicker this week in that matchup for Washington, but I don't think their offense is going to be able to move the ball too much. So I would say uh, sit him, sit him. Yeah, I uh, I had Sam Howell as my sit. Uh, he's now been replaced by Jacoby Brissett. So I will pivot to uh, Bailey Zappi uh, going up against the uh, the Bills. I think that the Bills are going to do everything possible to win this game. They need this win to keep uh, keep uh, their seeding. And, well, they're, they're not guaranteed a playoff spot yet. Uh, they, they take a significant loss in the... Uh, the statistics category if they don't beat the Patriots. So I think it's going to be just an absolute smack in the mouth and the Patriots offense. I haven't really seen anything that would say they could rise to the challenge and take down the bills. So I think it's going to be a tough game for Zappy and I would, I would stay far away from the Patriots offense this week. Yep. I think that's a really good idea. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My running back start this week um, is Ty Chandler. I think that at the end of the day, even though you're putting in a rookie quarterback, I think that the instinct would be, oh, okay, we'll we'll run the ball, we'll run the ball, we'll run the ball. I think they want to see what this guy can do in Minnesota, and I think they're in a situation where they have so many offensive weapons, even with Hawkinson out, they're going to be doing other things. They got Jefferson, they got to activate him. I just see this as one of those trap games where it looks like Chandler's going to do well. But against Green Bay, who's going to be scoring, the defense has proven that they can make big stops. I think Minnesota's in big trouble. And I think that it affects you as a team when your organization basically says, we're done. We're out of it. So sit them this week at running back. Yeah, makes sense. Wait, did I say start sit them? No, you said start. You're, sorry. you're talking about starting him, but you said sit him at court. <laughs> really? Sorry, sorry. I meant, I meant start him because of... of the, the the rookie quarterback the team's going to be down he'll be the he'll be the red zone target yeah there you go sorry i, I got confused there for a second but yeah not everything i anymore. said works just forget the last bit i'm not editing this out i don't have that kind of time or energy all right well my start of the week at running back is austin eckler uh, we saw a change in the chargers last week uh, their first game without uh, staley they almost took down the bills and what we I think all expected to be a blowout game against the Chargers. Uh, They're going up against the Denver Broncos, who have one of the worst run defenses in the league, and who are also going through a bit of a crisis in terms of it appears they might be just giving up on the season. They're swapping out their quarterback for 
the backup, who knows what we can expect from them. So I think if the Chargers can get out to an early lead, they'll be able to ride Austin Eckler to a victory there. That's going to be a really interesting matchup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Be a really, really interesting matchup just because of everything going on in Charger land. Like, yeah. And, and everything obviously now going on in Denver. Like that's a, that becomes a really intriguing game to me. Yeah, I I feel better about it now because of the Denver quarterback situation. But at the same time, the Chargers have been very unpredictable. So I'm hoping uh, what happened with last week with the new interim coach kind of continues on. It wasn't just a one-week blip. Uh, but my sit for the week is Antonio Gibson. Uh, he, he just hasn't been able to do anything with Brian Robinson being out of the way. Uh, they've been featuring Chris Rodriguez a lot. And they're going up against the 49ers, so oh, that is just a terrible matchup for most offensive pieces, but especially running backs this year. Uh, so you can just stay away from the commander's backfield, whether it's Gibson, who's the starter, or anyone else. Just don't play them this week. And my sit this week is definitely a sit, and I'm not confused about this one. Chuba, okay. Chuba Hubbard, I don't think this is going to be a good game for the Panthers. I know they can score. They've proven their offense can get things going. But now that Young had like a good week throwing the ball a little bit more, I think they're going to try to establish the passing game this week. I think this will be a really rough game for the Panthers because they're going into a situation where Jacksonville needs the win. So their defense is going to be playing really tough. They're going to be tough to beat. That offense is going to be rolling. So I say sit them this week. Yeah, my wide receiver start of the week, I have got Chris Olave. I fully expect this to be a high-scoring divisional shootout. Both teams have good defenses. Both teams have good offenses. I think uh, with both of them competing for their, their playoff spot in the division uh, the division lead, I, I, I think this is going to be a very pass-heavy game. I think if you have options on either side of the ball in terms of receivers, I think you should have them in their lineup. But after what we saw... From Chris Olave in week 16, I think you can count on him for week 17. Okay. My start this week is Nico Collins for receiver. All I've got to say is welcome back, CJ Stroud. Yeah. (laughs) Because he's going to throw to Collins. He's probably going to throw to uh, Tank Dell. I think he's probably going to spread the ball around. But, hey, it's a good – I think it's a good match. Is Dell out? I I don't think he's going to throw to the guy – who has a fractured ankle. I, I don't. Oh, he's out? He's, oh, okay. Tank, tank oh, I, thought he, I out. honestly thought he was back. I thought he was back no. this week too. But okay. No. Well, no. He is whatever. Then reserve. even better, even better to my point, put Nico Collins in there. <laughs> <laughs> put Nico Collins in. Do not put Tank Dell in your line. <laughs> I don't know what's going on over here, right? <laughs> yeah. You, you, pump, you pumped your tires too hard. Halfway through the show, and now second half of this show has been bad. This has been a t- yeah. I've had a terrible second half. Went downhill fast. Yeah, uh, my sit of the week wide receiver is DJ Chark. Don't try to chase the points from last week. I know he had twenty four fantasy points. He's not going to do it again. The Panthers' offense is a mess. The Panthers as a whole are a mess. You are you you are just asking to lose if you have him anywhere near your lineup. Stay away. My set of the week is Deontay Johnson. I just don't trust the Pittsburgh offense, especially when they do get going. They seem to want to go different directions, whether it be their running game, whether it be to Pickens. Um, I just, I mean, I don't think it's a great matchup for Pittsburgh. I think they're going to be in tough against the Seahawks. Um, But at the end of the day, I still don't think Johnson's going to make 
a big impact. It's too much of a risk with the other weapons they have, so sit them this week. Uh, my tight end start of the week is Trey McBride. Uh, the Cardinals are going up against the Eagles, who have just been a mess at trying to stop the passing game. And Trey McBride is Kyler Murray's go-to guy, especially with Hollywood Brown uh, dealing with his injury issues. Trey McBride has been the only real consistent option in the passing game. I think he stands to have a great game in this good matchup. So I think if, you, if, you, if you've had him in your lineup so far, it's worked out for you. So why not trust him in Week 17? Yeah, I think that's a that's a good philosophy. Um, Isaiah Likely is my start at the at the week for tight ends. I think he has a good chance of having a good game this week for Baltimore. Now the Ravens are in one of those situations where they're trying to not only win the division but trying to be uh, stable at the top. They've got Miami this week. Miami's defense is notoriously inconsistent, so I think you can see a lot of touchdowns being scored by both teams this week. Um, I know that. Miami's offense can get through some of these tough defenses. So if it is a high-scoring game, Jackson's going to throw the ball out there. Isaiah Likely is becoming a decent target for him. And my sit of the week is Evan Ingram. Uh, I know it's a, a tough game, but the Panthers have a pretty strong passing defense. That's the one thing that they're able to do well. And I just I wouldn't trust parts of the Jaguars' offense in this week in the championship week with how up and down they've been Trevor Lawrence dealing with another injury. We don't know what uh, condition he's going to be on the field. I know it's a must win game, but it's just too much of a risk for me, especially at the tight end position. I feel like you can find a better option out there on the waiver wire, a bit of a better matchup. And my set of the week, one last time, Kyle Pitts. No, we don't No reason. Just don't start Kyle Pitts. All right. Listen, um, one last time. Just one last time. <laughs> I hope it's, listen, that team, that offense is not good. I know he, he had a touchdown. He finally does something. I don't think they're going to repeat it again uh, at the end of the day. Not not a great offense. They don't, they're terribly coached. They're inconsistent. Sit Kyle Pitts. Fair enough. All right. Well, that will do it for our week 17 starts and sits. Thank you everyone for listening. Good luck in your championships. Take care and stay safe. <laughs>